Hello, everybody. Great to have you here at Portico. If you're visiting for the first time, we want to welcome you. There's also a newcomer's lunch at 1 o'clock. If you're visiting for the first time, you still qualify. That's at 1 o'clock in the gym, newcomer's lunch. For those of us watching us online, we'd like to welcome you. Those watching us from Video Cafe or at the chapel, it's so good to have you with us. We've got some new stuff for you. We have the new church website. If you haven't seen it, check out porticocanada.ca. That's our new website. We also have a new church app. In the sermon notes this morning, you will find right at the top, there are two, two QR codes which has been mentioned. One is iTunes App Store. The other is Google Play. You can download the Portico app right there. And under this week's message, you'll be able to follow the sermon. Those of us who are here in the room, you have the added advantage. We can go the old-fashioned way. The sermon notes are also in the bulletin. The junior high have also joined us this morning, and so we would like to welcome them also. If you are here and you would like to borrow a Bible, I'm going to request our ushers to walk down the aisle. If you would keep your hand raised real high, the Bibles are available for you to borrow. Use it during the service. At the end of the service, just leave it on the seat and we'll take care of it. So keep your hand raised real high. Our ushers will find you and will make sure that you get a copy of the Bible. Those watching us online, take out your electronic devices. Go to our Portico app. This week's message right there, you will find our sermon notes. If you haven't used the church Portico app, I'm going to request you to do so. The, the worship set is right there. All the events are listed there. Uh, the, the notes which is there, the sermon notes, they are fillable. So you can type, type the fillable stuff. But also there are additional space available and you can use that to write notes. Welcome to the last part of the sermon series called Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Today we are going to look at the title, To Boldly Go. If it's all right with you, let's turn to the book of Acts chapter number 1. Verse number 8, it reads, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As we read the phrase, you will be my witnesses, we have to admit that sometimes witnessing can be a daunting task. Let me share a story. There was a barber. And he realized that he had not been witnessing enough with his customers. So just before he went to sleep, he said, Dear God, tomorrow morning, the first customer who walks in, I'm going to witness to the customer. Next day, the son came out. He got up from the bed. He said, Lord, I haven't forgotten the promise. The first customer who walks in this morning, I'm going to witness to the customer. He opened the shop. The first guy walked in. He said, I want to shave. The barber said, sure, take a seat. I'll be back in a moment. He went at the back and prayed a quick, desperate prayer. He said, Dear God, I'm really nervous, but give me the right words to speak and the right things to do, and I will witness for you. Then he picked up his razor knife in one hand, and he picked up the Bible in the other. He came out and he said, Good morning, sir. Are you ready to die? (laughs) Now, if you are here this morning and you are a barber by profession, you are saying, This is good stuff, because now I know how to witness the razor knife, and the Bible. But if you're not a barber, you're saying, well, that's a good story, but that doesn't really help me because I am still nervous about witnessing. You know, the task, I have a fear of witnessing, and it's a real fear. I feel embarrassed. I don't know how the other person is going to react. 
A survey was given to those attending training sessions for a Billy Graham event in Detroit. One of the questions that was asked in the survey was this, what is your greatest hindrance to witnessing? Zero percent. Nobody said they didn't want to witness. They didn't care. Nine percent said they got too busy and they forgot about witnessing. Twelve percent said their life was not in order, so they didn't feel good about witnessing. Twenty-eight percent said they did not have enough information. Fifty-one percent, the largest group, said we have the fear of failure, how the other person is going to treat me. It's a realistic fear. It is difficult. Fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, fear of being labeled a fanatic. How is the other person going to treat me after I have witnessed? Am I going to be less popular? Will I be disliked because I witness? To gather a better perspective about witnessing, we are going to turn to the story of Philip. It is found in the book of Acts. Philip's story is a witnessing story. Philip is mentioned three times in the Bible. In Acts chapter 6, that is the first time when Philip is mentioned, he's being nominated to be a deacon of the church. It's not a high profile job. He and six others will be in charge of distribution of food to the widow. But one of the qualifications mentioned in chapter 6, verse number 3, was that these men were required to be men full of the spirit and wisdom. Acts chapter 6, verse number 5, the proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and also Philip. Not too long after Philip had been picked up for this responsibility, King Herod began to persecute the church. Apostle James was executed. Peter was imprisoned. Many Christians, including Philip, ran away from this place into cities and other regions. Philip went north, 35 miles into Samaria. We don't know the size of the city, but as soon as Philip arrived there, he began to witness. And as he began to witness, nearly the whole city came to know Jesus. Now, why was Philip witnessing? Philip was witnessing because he was open to being used by God. And as a result, this layperson, this ordinary average guy, not one of the super apostles, but the deacon, changed the lives of hundreds of people. We find that because Philip was open to being used by God, God had another special assignment for him. Please remember, Sometimes what we feel we should be doing for God is different from what God may be wanting you to do. Go in obedience to the Spirit's voice. Go in obedience to the Spirit's voice. Philip was sent by the Spirit to preach to a high official from the court of the Queen of Ethiopia. He had to leave a growing revival and is led off into the desert to take God's message to one person. I find it encouraging that God is interested in one person. I also find it interest, interesting that God always puts the right person in the right place and at the right time to accomplish his will. The passage is dealing with, with Philip's obedience 
And his obedience is amazing. Obedience is listening and responding to the voice of God. When it comes to direction, sometimes different people give us different directions. We need to be alive in the spirit. And we need to know and understand where is the spirit leading us. When we do what God has told us to do, beautiful things happen. Philip needs to be commended for being obedient to the voice of God. And in doing the job that God had called him to do. Acts chapter 8 verse number 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. It is clear that God did not want Philip to be in doubt about leaving Samaria and going to a desert road. What is also amazing is that Philip did not ask God any questions. Now if I was in Philip's place, here is what I might have said. I would have said, hey God, do you realize there's a big revival going on here? Have you seen the weekly attendance? The graph is going north and you are wanting me to go south. Does it make sense? Philip did not say any of that. What we see is pure obedience, simple obedience to God. I do want you to notice two things. First, God does not tell Philip why he wanted him to go south along the road, a desert road towards Gaza. God just told him to do it. Secondly, the phrase towards the south in Acts chapter 8, verse number 26, can also be translated at noon because the sun is towards the south at noon. This makes God's command even more unusual for Philip. This was a road going through the desert from Jerusalem through Hebron going on to Gaza. No one would typically be on the desert road at noon. In those days, there were no air-conditioned cars. It would be hot and difficult to journey south towards the desert in the heat of the day. Philip did not question God. He did not question God's direction. He did not question God's timing. There's a lot to be admired about Philip in the way he simply obeyed. But even when you have followed God in a pure and simple obedience, even in those moments of obedience, you end up landing up on a desert road. And you might wonder, what am I doing here in this desert experience? Hesitation often precedes obedience. When it comes to witnessing for Jesus, Bible does not tell us to go in convenience. It does not tell us you will know. Oftentimes you will not know where obedience is leading you. It is like Abraham's story in the Old Testament. God told Abraham, go to the land I have shown you, I will show you. But he is still going into an uncharted territory. The promise of God is there. I will show you the land, but he still does not know where he's going. When you go in obedience... Oftentimes, you will not know what your day will look like. I get up in the morning. I listen to the voice of the Spirit. During the day, I don't know where God is leading, but He speaks to me and He directs me. 
And as I hear him in pure obedience, he does marvelous things in my life. In response to Jesus' commandment, in, in command in Acts chapter 1 verse number 8, all of us need to go, into, go and witness. There's no doubt about that. We don't know what it is going to look like. We know that we have to witness. We have no idea what's going to take place. All that we do is every morning we go in obedience to his voice. I will be his witness where he leads me and when he calls me to go. We stay true to the voice of the spirit and what he's telling us to do. Could I ask you a critical question? When was the last time you heard God speak to you? Philip could have thought about the revival in Samaria. He could have thought about his position in the church. But here is something beautiful about Philip. Philip did not serve the church. Philip served his master. We are to go in obedience whenever the spirit prompts. Acts chapter 4 verse number 19. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. The context of this passage of scripture in Acts chapter 4 is that the apostle, Peter and John were facing the decision of the council. A ban was imposed on them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John were men whose lives had been transformed by Jesus. They were there at the coming of the Holy Spirit as recorded in Acts chapter 1. The Spirit of God was ministering in Peter and John's heart. Their heart was burning with desire to do what God had told them to do. They could not be contained. They could not be restricted. They could not shut up about speaking about Jesus. Peter and John have been witnesses to Jesus' earthly life and his resurrection. They have been commanded by Jesus, just like we have been commanded by Jesus, and they were not afraid. It is interesting that the early believers, when they were faced with opposition and persecution, they were always led by the Spirit, and they were always Christ-centric in their response. There is no doubt in the minds of both Peter and John as to what they should do. Just like Peter and John, we find Philip is also willing to break out from his ordinary routine. He's willing to open his Microsoft Outlook. He's willing to look at his daily schedule. And he's willing to walk away from what he has listed as the things to do. Because these are men who are spirit-led. Go in the direction the spirit leads. Go in the direction the spirit leads. Oftentimes, God does not tell us what the next step is. I wish he did, but his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. He does not tell us what the next step is. He makes us step out and follow him. When we get there, when we finish what he has told us to do, then he informs us what the next step is going to be. We all need to learn to follow God. It is that simple, and yet it is that difficult. Acts chapter 8, verse number 29. The Spirit said to Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near it. 
When you obey the Spirit, God will continue to direct you. It is not surprising that we find that the Spirit is again speaking to Philip. I wonder why God sent Philip. I wonder why God sent Philip to perform this important task. The Ethiopian official was an important person. He had great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He was in charge of all her treasury and he had come to Jerusalem to worship and now was returning. You would think that God at least would have sent Peter or John or Andrew or one of the other apostles to speak to this man, but he did not. Why not send in an important church leader, the big guns if you will, to preach to this treasure from Ethiopia? Why send Philip? He's not nearly as important as the other guys. But note this, God is not looking for important and talented people. God is looking for people who are obedient to him. God is looking for people who are obedient to his voice. That is what Philip is doing. He's walking south on a desert road in the heat of the day, just waiting for God's next step. If you are on a desert road, do not be discouraged because there is a next step which is coming if you will listen to the voice of God. You need to understand that God will place people in your life as you journey down the road so that we can know them and share life with them. There is no doubt in my mind that for all of us, we are journeying with people. People around us, our neighbors, our family, our friends, our colleagues. We are journeying with different people. You will find pastors at Portico oftentimes will suggest that we want your relationship, relationship to go beyond the Sunday morning experience. On Sunday morning you connect. But we want you to join a small group and we want you to grow with us. We want you to volunteer as a ministry partner and we want you to serve with us. We hope that you will connect with us on Sunday morning. But much more than that, we hope that you will grow and serve with people in your life. A lot of people follow Jesus autopilot. We follow autopilot till Jesus comes. We need to follow Jesus and go in the direction the Spirit leads. And when we receive contrary advice, we need to discern what the Spirit is telling us at this moment. The dangers we face is that we become comfortable with our life. The danger we face is that we pay no attention or little attention to what the Spirit is telling us today. Let me draw your attention to Acts chapter 21 verses 10 to 14. The story is about Paul and prophet Agabus. In Acts chapter 21, we find that when Paul was in Caesarea, prophet Agabus came there. With the belt that held Paul's outer cloak together, he tied his own feet and hands in an act of prophetic symbolism. What I take away from the story is this. Agabus was willing to use the gift of prophecy to guide and prepare the church for its future struggles. Agabus is following the direction in which the spirit leads him. He's using his gift to try and protect Paul from taking this journey that would lead to his imprisonment and death. 
Though Agabus may not understand God's plan for Paul's life, he genuinely cares for Paul and he's trying to prevent it. Now look at it from Paul's perspective. We find Paul following God's plan of suffering for Christ's name. Paul is willing to go in the direction the Spirit is leading him. We should not misunderstand how the Spirit leads us because he leads each one of us individually. There's a unity in the church, but he's also leading us individually. The church today could use more Agabuses who listen to the Spirit and are, af- and are not afraid to deliver a message which may be uncomfortable. The church also needs more Pauls who are willing to listen to the Spirit and go to places that are not convenient because the Spirit said so. Acts chapter 10 verse number 19 and 20. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Here again in Acts chapter 10, in Peter's story, we find the Spirit informs him. We need to be comforted by the fact that when we walk in obedience, and we open ourselves to listening to his voice, the Spirit will continue to lead. We find in response to the Spirit's urging, Peter went down to meet the messengers who told him of their master Cornelius. Their master Cornelius had visitation from the angels and so they had come in obedience to get Peter to take him to Cornelius so that Peter could tell Cornelius what he wanted to tell. The significance of the story is this, that God is taking the good news out of the Jewish world into the non-Jewish world. The good news of Jesus Christ is coming closer and closer to all of us. Peter, in obedience to God's direction, goes and shares the good news to Cornelius and a large group of people which had gathered. And when they heard Peter, they were able to find their way back to God. Please note that the church did not stumble into reaching out to the Gentiles. God's sovereign will drove them to us. The last time we did a survey in the church here, we found out that 64 nationalities were represented right here in this church. The good news about Jesus reached our different countries because of God's sovereign will and because of believers willing to go out in boldness. We owe it to them and we owe it to God to now go out in boldness ourselves. Go in the power the Spirit provides. Go in the power the Spirit provides. Peter, James, John, Paul, Philip, they are all listening to the Spirit of God, going in the power that the Spirit provides them. They are all busy obeying Him, helping people find their way back to God. God's will is played on such a grand scale that we cannot even comprehend it. The Ethiopian official was someone that God wanted. The official was of interest to God. Look at it from the official's perspective. He's seeking God with his whole heart. He goes to Jerusalem, the holy city. 
He is trying to find God. Jerusalem in those days was a place where you went because that was God's city. Ethiopia in those days was in the area of Sudan, south of Egypt. He has traveled some 12,000 miles to Jerusalem to worship God and is now sitting on on a chariot reading God's word. He might be feeling like God has forgotten him because he's on a lonely desert road. He's there in the heat of the afternoon. He's returning home after being faithful, but he has got nothing to show forth for it. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse number 13 says, You will seek me and you will find me. You will seek me when you, and you will find me when you will search me with all your heart. The Ethiopian official is about to find out that God's promise never fails. Holy Spirit is the driving force behind Philip taking off to catch up to the Ethiopian official's chariot. Acts chapter 8 verse number 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. Heard the man reading is an interesting phrase that is being used here. If you're, go, if you're used to going to a public library and you're used to seeing that sign which says silence and if you're used to seeing people in the library sitting behind the desk and there is silence then heard the, the man reading does not make sense. When Philip approached the chariot he hears the Ethiopian official reading from the book of Isaiah for reading aloud to oneself was the universal practice in the ancient world. I believe for Philip and for most of us when we talk about witnessing, beginning the conversation takes more boldness and courage. You can roll all the gifts and everything into the story but candidly for most people having the courage to begin the conversation is the real challenge. When we read about the power of the spirit in Acts chapter 1 verse number 8, We are looking for the demonstration gift. Most people are looking for healing and for prophetic words. Those things are what the spirit does. But the most important thing is the same thing which Peter and Philip did. They started the conversation. As the Ethiopian official is reading God's word, hope was running beside him in the form of Philip. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading And the Ethiopian said, how can I unless someone guides me? At this time, I want you to think about your family, your relatives, your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues. How can they understand unless you guide them? Interesting, isn't it? Ethiopian official goes to Jerusalem, the the, the holy city. And in the holy city, he does not get spiritual guidance. Out in the middle of nowhere, on a desert road, here he is sitting and reading God's word and faithfully seeking God. And here comes Philip. It is safe to assume that for Philip to approach the high-ranking official's chariot was not normal. Philip's social standing would have put him in trouble. He could have got killed. But that did not dissuade Philip. Philip was bold, filled with the Spirit. And this is what he wanted to do. God led Philip to the right place at the right time. 
to meet a man whom God was preparing for the encounter. There are divine appointments that are waiting to happen in our city and in our neighborhood. I repeat, there are divine appointments that are waiting to happen in our city and in our neighborhood if we will do what God has told us to do by helping people find their way back to God. In this story, Philip and the Ethiopian official both obeyed the Spirit's voice. Both of them went in the direction the Spirit was leading them. Both are on a desert road. Tradition tells us that the Ethiopian official became a missionary to the Ethiopians and he was instrumental in leading many in the continent of Africa to Christ. This witnessing story is not limited to Philip. It goes beyond Philip to the Ethiopian officials and it goes beyond the Ethiopian officials to all of us. We all are called to witness. In the last few Sundays, While we have been doing the series, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, we have explored the whole subject of the area and the work of the Holy Spirit. We began the series by learning who the Holy Spirit is. We followed it up by studying what the Holy Spirit has done through biblical history, the power of the Spirit and how it impacts us. All of this is good, but what is the purpose Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 says, The gift of the Spirit is to witness in the world. The purpose behind the series as this people will encounter one hope, the message of Jesus Christ. The power of the Spirit and the demonstration of the Spirit's power will always provide an opportunity for us to witness. Imagine what takes place in Acts chapter 2. While the early believers and apostles have gathered... And they are having this great time in the prayer meeting inside the walls of the upper room. Peter steps out to speak to those outside the walls. Great things are happening inside the wall. Peter steps out outside the walls to speak to people on the street. Acts chapter 2 verse number 38 and 39. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. Peter could have stayed inside the upper room. He could have enjoyed what God was doing there. But Peter and apostles were clear about the purpose. The intent of Peter sharing was that he could explain to those standing outside what was happening on the inside. And as he did that, the book of Acts says, Lord added to the number day by day. Likewise at Portico, we don't want to be found sitting inside the walls of our church and enjoying a lovely One Hope concert. The choir director and all the choir members, I'm told there are 95 people just in the choir alone. I'm sure it will be great. But we don't want to be sitting there enjoying what's happening on the inside. We are on the threshold of the most invitational and conversational season of the year. This is the week when we are asking you to go to your community, 
to reach out to your friends and to reach out to your neighbors. We are confronted with two questions today. It's there in your sermon notes. Who am I praying for? Who do I need to have a conversation with? And as the Holy Spirit brings names of people into your heart, I want you to take the time right now and write down the names of these people. Who am I praying for? Who do I have a conversation with? Who do I invite to church? Take the time and write down names of the people that is coming to your mind right now. Who am I praying for? Who do I have a conversation with? All you really need to do is to pick up one of these One Hope Invitation cards. And then you invite your friends and your neighbors. And then you pray for them. That's not really that difficult. But let me elaborate this for you as we close. 20 centuries have passed since Christ declared our mission. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Nations and civilizations have risen and crumbled during the interim and yet the mission has not been accomplished. Let me help you visualize this today. Line up all the people who don't know Jesus Christ. The line of lost people will take us 30 times around the earth. And every day that line will grow by 20 miles. We can get into a car We can drive 50 miles an hour for 10 hours a day. To reach the end of the line, it will take us 4 years and 40 days. And by the time you reach the end of the line in 4 years and 40 days, the line of lost people would have grown by 30,000 miles. And these are lost people we are talking about. Stop the clock today at noon. Let time come to a standstill. Lock the cemeteries, close the hospital, nobody can die, nobody can be born. We are just going to reach out to those who are alive. At the rate the evangelical churches have been sharing the good news, it will take us 350 years to reach North America alone. And at the rate with which we have been sharing the good news, it will take us 4,000 years to reach the rest of the world. As you invite the Spirit of God to take control of your life. If you are here and you are needing healing, I know what you're saying. You're going, I want the Spirit of God to come because I want to get healed. But as you invite the Spirit of God to take control of your life, ask yourself, are you doing what Jesus commanded us to do? Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I urge you to take the first step. Go with the power of the Spirit. Do your part. This is what Jesus has commanded us to do. To to go boldly. God bless you.